I remember so little of like my my young my youth. Were you doing a lot of drugs? No, were you, were I'm you talking uh, about no. I'm huffing? talking about like my like young youth. Like oh okay. I'm like concerned that I'm I've repressed things. That's how little I remember. Whoa. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like, I really happened? don't remember anything. I mean, we both went to Catholic school. You saying I was fucked by a priest and I repressed it? Possibly. It's possible. Yeah. <laughs> it's possible. It's I was an possible. altar boy. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that is possible. That is not out of the realm of possibility that I have oh been God. molested by priests. Have you seen? And I just don't remember. Have you ever been hypnotized? No, I have not. We should try that. Recently, they released the list of all of the priests in like the dioceses of Brooklyn, which is mm-hmm. Brooklyn and Queens, mm-hmm. who have been like credible reports of abuse have been leveled against them. And I knew I, there were a few from my school and I recognize their names. Oh, wow. One of whom, mm-hmm. Steve Placa. Uh-huh. I'll say his name. Yeah. Because who cares? It's on the yeah. fucking list, right? Yeah. He was, when I was in like seventh and eighth grade, and this can 100% go on the podcast because fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. He should be dead. He was not yet a priest. He was a seminarian. Mm-hmm. And so he was young. He was like yeah. in his tw- like very early twenties, if even maybe in his late teens. I don't yeah. fucking know. Yeah. And like he used to take us bowling. Like I used to go bowling <laughs> with this guy a hundred a thousand percent. I like remember it. Oh he would take God. like a small group of us, uh-huh. and like there was his family that like was in town who would like always have him over for dinner. Uh-huh. I won't say their names because protect them. They yeah. didn't do anything wrong. Necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. But this guy was trying to fuck up. Like he was probably, well, at least wanted <laughs> to fuck me a little bit. This is why people can't be celibate. They but just shouldn't be. I, fine. That yeah. is all well and good, but that's not why they fuck kids. People well, don't fuck kids because they can't get married. That's bullshit. But let's People be honest. fuck kids because they want to fuck kids. Yeah, but it's like only happening with Catholic mm. priests, not any of the priests that are allowed to have sex. Because, okay, here's my thought. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I know. My thought for that is because people who are pedophiles understand that there is a safe haven place where they can go mm. and get a job yeah. and fucking do it all the time and get protected. Yeah, I think my my uh, uh not opinion. Yeah, my opinion. Yeah. My yeah. opinion on the thing is that uh they are just taking advantage of vulnerable people, which are children normally. Not necessarily that children are their be all end all. I agree with you, but I also mm-hmm. think it's both. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a, some kind of fucked up culture going on there. There's certainly a, a sect of people who understand that this is a place where they can do it and be mm-hmm. protected. Mm-hmm. But I also think you're right. I think yeah. the thing is, uh, millions of them are doing it, so they yeah. all have a million different reasons. Yeah. And I'm sure some of them, if they could... Uh, I just can't imagine, like, yeah. you can fuck a normal-aged woman. They'd be like, oh, okay, I'll never yeah. fuck a kid again. I think that a lot of it... why are you it, fucking yeah. kids in the first place? Yeah, but it's also... Just fuck know. a normal-aged woman as yeah. a priest. You're doing something bad in yeah. the priesthood anyway. If you want to fuck a normal-aged woman, fuck a normal-aged woman. Yeah. I think there's a, a difference... This is a great I know, right? <laughs> I think there's a little bit of a difference, not I like not to make it better or worse, but I think that there's a difference between like fucking an actual child and a teenager. Oh, jeez, But... No, 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 no. I'm not saying... I'm not making it right, but I think that mentally, like, why someone would be attracted to that that power dynamic is different. Like 
a teenage girl is not that different from a woman, an old, like a 21 year old woman, except for that they are a little bit more naive and more vulnerable and easier to take advantage right, of. Right, but priests but are a fucking five year old girl is very different. Kids yeah. all the time. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a pedophilia. whole other story. Yeah. That's a sickness. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So what you're saying, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But they're mostly fucking kids. Mm hmm. Young kids, yeah, not well, teenagers. Kids, kids and teenagers. It depends, like. But a lot of times it's yeah. kids, because you're an altar boy in like the sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, which is like eleven, twelve, and thirteen. As the yeah. old is old. Mm-hmm. Whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes. That rage will get you through. Okay. Ready? Yeah, 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 it's a song that you hear at, like, the fairgrounds. No, I think it's a song you hear, like, 4th of July. Yeah. America, America, we're coming for you. America, we are the best. <laughs> Get ready to hear that one next 4th of July. <laughs> you, got, you got a hit. You got a hit on your hands, everybody. So welcome. America, America, here we come. We're coming for you. America, we are the best. The end. Donald Trump, the president. (laughs) No collusion. No collusion. All right. So welcome to another episode of the Degrassi Every Episode Ever Marathon Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm acclaimed author Saul Bellow. What did he write? (laughs) I know his name. I don't know what he wrote. uh, The movie goer. Famous book, The Movie Goer. Oh, I did read that. Saul Bellow. Yeah, I don't remember the book at all, but I remember reading it for school. It's a famous, I believe he was a Jewish author. Famous for writing about uh, Jewish things. Jewish things. Yeah. Saul Bell, that's me. I wrote a lot of books. What do you know about stuff? Books and Jewish things and... I know everything about them. Take too much, too long for me to discuss it on a podcast. (laughs) So we're just going to let it go. Yeah, I'm just going (laughs) to... You should have me on your other podcast if you want to learn about Jewish literature. You can have me, Saul Bellow, <laughs> the author of the movie. Go. I don't know. He might not know. You know what? I believe Walker Percy wrote the movie. Go. Yeah, I think that's not that. Saul is, I don't Bellow. think it was Saul Bellow. <laughs> I remember I the cover the, of the movie. I go forgot or... the books I wrote because <laughs> I've been dead for a while. <laughs> well, you suppressed it. <laughs> I suppressed it because I was abused. He did not. Right. No, the moviegoer. All right. I'm grinding this to a halt. Saul Bellow was Canadian. Yeah, I don't even know that he was Jewish. I know nothing <laughs> about him. It's just a thing that I said because it popped into my mind earlier today. Uh-huh. So and I like... did no research on it as per usual. Mm-hmm. Last week, I was listening back to my uh, talking about Loretta Lynn. Mm-hmm. And that, <laughs> so much of it is wrong. <laughs> I, I mean, love- 
Pat's fact. Well, this, like, this reminds me of the Smiths episode where you were like, no, I think it's this album. And I'm like, I literally looked at it at Wikipedia today. I'll be honest. That's like far less worse. Far less bad. Because <laughs> it's the, the general gist of everything I said was correct. She was married very young mm-hmm. and she had a lot of kids. But I was like, she got married at 12, which was like. No, she, <laughs> she got married got, at 15. 15. And then I was like, she had like 10 kids. I think total she had like four or five. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. She had a pretty normal I, You know children. what I do, Rachel? What I do is I exaggerate to make my point. I've learned this about you. Yeah. I've known you for a long time. I have noticed this. I take everything with many grains of salt. Normally cut back the numbers a little bit. Yeah, you got to cut back the numbers. Mm. I was confusing Saul Bellow with Walker Percy, I believe. That's an odd. <laughs> Who is not even, I don't think, also uh, Jewish either. Who is the <laughs> Jewish author? Philip Roth? Was I thinking of Philip Roth? He wrote the moviegoer. Walker Percy wrote the yeah. moviegoer. But wasn't the moviegoer about someone who was Jewish? Uh, Guys, this, like this is called movie. the hour that Pat and Rachel look up stuff on our phones and tell you about it in real time. I got to be honest with you. I can't get through all this. I don't know. I know it doesn't matter. This is yeah. the stupid part of the beginning of the podcast where I say I'm a famous person. Yeah. But I'm not. Mm-hmm. It's me, Pat. Pat Driscoll. <laughs> Here, here with you once again mm-hmm. on the Degrassi Every Episode Ever Marathon Podcast. I'm neither Saul Bellow no, nor Walker Percy nor Philip Roth. Mm-mm. Maybe I was thinking about Philip Roth. Maybe. He's a contemporary. Of I also people. don't really know what Philip Roth wrote. So. He's the one I know the most. Okay. Because I read two books by him. I did read The Moviegoer. Walker Percy's yeah. famous novel. I love that book. Yeah. It was a great book. <laughs> I don't remember. I remember what the cover looks like. I don't know. So <clears throat> hopefully you got you. Everybody got through that first part of the podcast there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's pretty boring stuff, I think. It was it was pretty thrilling. <laughs> so we're back with uh, episode three hundred eight. Three hundred eight. Yep. This is the forty uh, fifth episode of Degrassi: The Next Generation. But I don't know if you know this, Rachel. Have, if I've mentioned this, but mm-hmm. throughout the three seasons, two and a half seasons or so that we've watched, mm-hmm. there have been a number of two-part episodes, which There's they count a as one. lot of two-parters. Yeah, they count those as one episode. But okay. to me, that feels that just feels like one episode. Yeah, they count yeah, as two. two I think it's like one. Yeah. So to me, this is actually the thirty-eighth episode of Degrassi: The Next Generation. The name of the episode is "Whisper to a Scream." "Whisper to a Scream" is a icicle work song. So Rachel, what is is your favorite icicle work song? Pat just pointed at me very, very <laughs> powerfully and a little, little intimidating. I gotta say, I think the broom has been waiting with bated breath to hear your take. I know you have a, a lot to say yeah. about one of the preeminent British uh, bands of the era because you love British I love, music. I love British things. So, I have about two sentences to say. About who? <laughs> the icicle works. About the icicle works. Um, Essentially, I have never heard... Okay, sorry. I have three sentences to say. I have never heard of this band before. I have never heard this song before or anything else that they've ever recorded. And I'm impressed that Pat knew who this band was. And that's it. That's all I got. You never heard... You've never heard... I've never heard the song. Okay. I will say this. (laughs) Okay. The high school. Okay. Um, The only reason I know who this band is... Yeah. Is because... Uh, I think I once heard that song, Whisper to a Scream, which I like, uh-huh. and I Shazammed it. Mm-hmm. And it said, that was the iSchool Works. And I said, oh, great. <laughs> I never and that's forgot pretty it. Much <laughs> <laughs> I think I know. 
know about them. And I did no research. I did not look them up because I don't give a shit. Yeah. It's a, you don't know that? Did you listen to it? I looked it up last week when we talked about it, and I was like, nope, never heard this song Whisper before. Whisper to a scream. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess they were really digging deep for something about cutting. But I don't understand, like, why couldn't it have been, like, fucking first cut is the deepest? That's two on the <laughs> nose. Like, I don't even know what whisper to a scream even means. Well, it started off slow and then it got loud. Yeah, like, how, how bad it gets, how quickly. Whisper to a scream. Yeah, are we moving from a whisper to a scream? Or is it a whisper talking to a scream? Oh, I know. I think There's it's moving from... A whisper to a scream would be my guess. Mm-hmm. So we, I will say my favorite Icicle Work song is Whisper to a Scream, which is not even the fucking name of the song. That's the uh, parenthetical. Oh, is it untitled? No, it's called <laughs> something else. Okay. I look, I saw it and then I f- immediately forgot it and I'm not going back yeah, to look it up. It's fine. I want to say something though, since we're talking, we don't have a lot to say about the Icicle Works. Mm-hmm. Oh, do, what's your favorite Icicle Works song? Uh, I've only heard this one. So say so, this one. Whisper to a scream or whatever it's actually yeah, called. It's called like something else. Um, so last week we were talking about the band Dashboard Confessional. Mm-hmm. We made fun of them a little bit. Yes. I think you made fun of them Chris more than Carrava. Oh yeah. I, I, I know have you a hate lot them. To make fun Myra of hates Chris them. Everybody Carrava. hates the Dashboard Confessional. That's fine. Everybody's, listen, everybody's entitled to have their own opinions. That's why. We live on this live in this great country, America, U.S. of A. You can mm-hmm. have your own opinions. You can say what you want about them. Mm-hmm. And I made fun of them a little bit. I gave a little bit of a dig to them. Mm-hmm. And then I talked about a song on an album, a mark mission to brand a scar called "Hands Down." That I was struggling with the name. "Hands Clean," I believe, is an Alanis Morissette song. Yes. And I was call, and I was saying how much I like that song, and mm-hmm. I do like that song very much. Mm-hmm. So because I like that song. I went back this past week, mm-hmm. and I started listening to Mark Mission to Brand Scar, and it turns out I know every word to at least the first eight songs on that album. <laughs> it is a unsung classic uh, uh, album. It's excellent, and everybody should do themselves a favor. And listen, this is like when Chris Caraba uh, got a band, so people mm-hmm. didn't like, people mm-hmm. were mad about it. Because he wasn't doing the acoustic thing. Yeah, but fuck the acoustic thing. Listen, these songs, Mm -hmm. there's a couple of them that you go, "Mm, he's still, he hasn't quite pulled himself out of the hole of of like being mad at girls. But there are a lot of lovely songs about about celebration of love. It's a Mm -hmm. great, it's a a lost classic, Mm -hmm. I think. What do you think Chris Caraba's up to these days? He's still doing Dashboard Confessional. They just had like a big <laughs> reunion, uh, like not long ago, within mm-hmm. the last six months. Mm-hmm. Just bend the pieces till they fit, like they were made for it, but they weren't meant for this. I'm getting no joy from this. <laughs> I did that for a friend, Tom Green, not uh, at not that Tom Green on Twitter, who suggested they wanted me to sing more Dashboard Confessional songs, and he asked for that particular song. <laughs> so, because you're yeah. chasing a ghost of a good thing. Yeah, Broomheads. If you suggest a song for Pat to sing, he will sing them on the podcast. Haunting yourself. Luckily, I fucking knew all the words. As the real thing. Let me tell you something. You think you don't like Dashboard Confessional, everybody out there right now. You think you don't like them. This thing 
is a great album. There's excellent oh, songs man. on it. Mm-hmm. Excellent songs. I think I just didn't like, he seemed very whiny to me. I think that's why I never got into listening to Dashboard Confessional music very much. Fucking Dashboard Confessional. Yeah, they're they're not. I'm not like going saying they're great, but I'm saying this album, at least the first eight songs. That's as far as you listened. Yeah, <laughs> but I was listening to it a lot. Yeah, I'm surprised by what part of my brain can still remember song lyrics from bands that I haven't thought about in many years. Oh my god, I every single Mest. one. Of those songs. I knew all of Mest's songs. I don't when know I, one song by them. You're not missing out. Is there any popular songs that I would No, they were like a pop punk band. I know that, but were they the... Oh, were they... um, It's no surprise to me, I am my own worst fan. I know they're not, I'm doing a bit. (laughs) Sometimes you think I'm being serious and I I can't even... Obviously, I know that My face must have shown (laughs) Obviously, I know that that's that's a popular song. (laughs) That it's not messed. I met Lit once. They were very nice. Were they here in your bedroom? I can turn my head on. That's a good song. Yeah, who is Goldfinger. that? Goldfinger. Thank you. I was like, it escaped me. The less that I feel. Remember that one? Yeah. Goldfinger. Yeah. Do you remember MXPX? Oh, fuck yeah. I remember mm-hmm, MXPX quite mm-hmm, a bit. Mm-hmm. Do you know what MXPX stood for? No. Magnified Plaid. That was the name of the band, actually. <laughs> And the X's were like periods. Were periods, yeah. and then they just became MXPX. Yeah, because my magnified friend, plaid is a terrible. Band. My friend Craig loves MXPX to this mm-hmm. day. Yeah, they were good. No, they weren't. They stunk, but I liked them. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I'm like the generation before you, probably with like mm-hmm. all of these bands. So like, I like MXPX up to slowly going the way of the Buffalo, and mm-hmm. then I'm out. Mm-hmm. You probably like them after. I was that. never a big MXPX fan. Oh, Jesus. Kindle was. Kindle? Yeah, so you'd have to ask her. Just bend the pieces till they fit. <laughs> All right. Anyway. <laughs> so this episode. Whisper to a Scream. Was honestly the first good one part episode in like at least this entire season. Is that true? Were there no good one part episodes? Yeah, I think they've we've been complaining about them. No, we definitely have, but I'm yeah, well there's only been yeah. We're only yeah. like partway through the season and there's already been two two parters. So like, yeah. There haven't been a lot, but this one had it all. It went there, it was funny. Like <laughs> there's some really like I had a hard time choosing my MVP because I kind of loved everyone in this episode. Like it's just great. It's about cutting. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of questions Ooh. about cutting. Okay. I'll try my best to answer them. I was not a cutter. I didn't think so. Um, I did used to pick at my skin. <laughs> that's so much grosser. For some reason, that's Which is like, like uh, there is actually like a psychological term for that, but it's not the same reason that you would do that as cutting. When I was in high school. Someone I went to, sorry to interrupt. No, you go, you go. Someone I went to elementary school with uh, when she was in middle school carved silver chair into her arm <laughs> and now has that scar <laughs> on her arm. So I'm glad I didn't do that at least. <laughs> that is so fucking funny. <laughs> I think the picking thing is called tryptomania or something Ugh. like that. I don't know. Ugh, that's so funny. Like, cause she loved Silverchair so much, mm-hmm. or was she like just obsessed with Daniel Johns? She loved Silverchair so much when she was like in seventh grade that she carved it into her arm, and it's now a permanent scar that says Silverchair on her arm. That is fucking hilarious. Yeah, she was She's one of those bad girls. She's a grown. Yeah, 
Alicia. I cannot remember what her last name was, though. Alicia. Silverstone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I was in high, when I was young, I think I was in high school and I used to take the subway to school every day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I w- you would get on, I would get on like at the same time and sit in the same car and there's always this guy, same, because I got on at the first stop of the subway, so mm-hmm. it would like sit there and like you would wait, you'd like sit and wait, so you'd get there. And there, I and like I remember this so distinctly, but I think back and I'm like, this could not have actually happened because it's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Like maybe my brain just made it up, but I fucking remember it. And it would be, it was the same guy, and he would sit on the car, like, and sit across from me and pick, pull his skin off of his hand Ooh. every day. Like his hands were like raw, red raw hands, and like the skin would be like on the ground. Like, oh. and he'd just keep pulling it, and he was. Was like going to a job, I think, Gross. or maybe it was crazy, or maybe I fucking made this up. I don't know, but I remember yeah. it. Yeah, your, your brain is a funny thing. Your brain is a funny. You did not repress that one. No, no, I may have <laughs> created it for all I know. Oh man. oh man, we're all unreliable narrators. Yeah, we are. We are. We don't mean to lie sometimes, but we do. It's really funny. Like if you, ru- I run into people sometimes that I haven't seen in a while, and they'll remember these events that I have no mm. recollection of whatsoever until they tell me about it, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh yeah, that did happen. Yeah, I think that. So happens yeah, who knows what our memories are doing? So this is basically this is really I would say one of Ellie's most memorable episodes. This is like when I think of Ellie, I think of this. this I don't even remember this episode, but I might've like, I don't know. It's yeah, but it's a good Ellie episode. I always remember. Oh, Ellie was a cutter. Mm -hmm. I don't remember that. So I might not have ever seen this episode. I feel like because I watched this when it was on TV, I probably missed bits and pieces over time. Yeah. So this is, this is Ellie, uh, sending her father, a Canadian army man. Yeah, on After a peacekeeping mission in Afghanistan, Kabul. and it's 2003, so, like, that's great, because yeah. I'm like, I hope he doesn't die there. I don't remember what happens. I'm assuming he doesn't die. Yeah. And uh, Colonel he, Dash. And so Ellie's being left with her... Uh, mother. Alcoholic mother, mm-hmm. who is an amazing character. Yes, we know very little about her, but I'm already loving it. This... Actress. She's got a great haircut and outfit to start off with. She wears like a business suit. Do you know who she reminded me of? And this is only for you. Yeah. Uh, She reminded me of uh, Mrs. Abbott from Everwood. (laughs) (laughs) Doc Abbott's wife. I can't remember her name. The mayor. Yeah. Mayor Abbott. What was her fucking first name? That's Rose. Rose Abbott. Rose Abbott. She reminded me of Rose Abbott. But I, oftentimes we talk about the acting on this episode, and it's and it's usually you saying that people are not good, uh, uh, and me saying I don't notice. This woman mm-hmm. is pizza man. She is <laughs> like she just reeks of like a failed soap opera actress. Yes. Because she is already overacting in the first scene that we see her in. And I'm like, where is this going to go? What yeah. What is this woman's problem that the dad is leaving and is like, right. you know, watch, keep an eye on your mother. Like, you'll be okay. And then all we see of her is like little montages of her like laying on the couch. Being With like plastic in, vodka yeah, bottles various, next to her. <laughs> various levels of trunk. But she like sells 
like yawning so hard and like just like stretching and being like she never yells at Ella. She never says a goddamn thing. She reminds me of, as I said, either a failed soap opera actress or like a New York actress who like never got any work but and like lives in a studio for like seven hundred, like a rent controlled studio mm-hmm. for like four hundred dollars a month and is just like sad and always talking about what could have been. Yeah, that's this woman. <laughs> she's the best. She's great, and but I love that she's wearing this like skirt suit the entire time. <laughs> but yeah, and she's, she's just like not even trying. So like the whole thing is like. Is I also she, feel like she looks like she's wearing a wig. I think she probably is. <laughs> she never. She completely does not hide the fact that she's just like swigging out of a bottle yeah. the whole goddamn time. This yawn. She's like Kathy Bates in Misery. She's so great. So I like speaking of alcoholics. I went to see an apartment this weekend. Yeah. And part of the reason why. Um, the person who was moving out is an alcoholic and that kind of caused like a rift and uh-huh. it's like things had gotten worse and worse. But like I was like a story was told to me about like this guy buying a 30 pack of beer and then drinking it warm in his room and staying up and then calling in sick to work to just drink it. Mm. And I was just like, sounds awesome. It sounds, yeah, it sounds terrible. And I was like, you know what? I really have no idea what an alcoholic would do. I don't know if they would just like have a variety of liquor bottles that they would just switch between or if they would just have the one thing that's their go-to. I just can't imagine like being an alcoholic and only drinking beer. It's like the worst version of alcoholism. It makes me feel sick after I drink a little bit. I know. But I also don't know how you can drink like a bunch of vodka and not throw up. Right, right, Especially when it's cheap. And also just like the headaches. Like I get headaches while I'm drinking. Beer? Or anything. If right. I drink a lot of... I know, but alcohol can drink a beer. It's like not... I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like... Is he drinking like Miller Lights? You'd have to yeah. drink 30 of them to get a fucking buzz. Yeah, oh. that's true. That's <laughs> true. So Ellie is... Be, she's Now she's being left alone with her drunk mother. And she's also trying to get... What is this co-op? What is this? So I was like, oh, co-ops. But my high school didn't have them. I no. There was a college. I thought about going to Drexel in Philly, and they did a co-op thing, which is essentially like an internship. Mm-hmm. Um, but they called it a co-op, too. Right. Okay. Um, and I think that there are high schools that do it. We just didn't have it at my high school. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just essentially an internship program. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so there's like competition for this co-op of like who you're going to end up with. And apparently like Ashley got one of those really hard to get record company jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I can't Sending wait to see mailers. where that goes. Yeah. <laughs> I Also, that made me think like when I was a teenager, I would have loved nothing more than a record company co-op job. Like I would have died for that. And I'm so glad that I never worked for a record company because there's so many dudes in those places and they are all pretty awful. And yeah. I think now it would be different. But in like late 90s, early 2000s, ooh, that would have been a rough time to work at those places. Yeah, I would agree. Very misogynistic in general. Um, and now like record companies don't really exist in I the same I was going to say, like, so where like, would you even maybe do that's, that? So now I don't even think there is anything. So what difference does it make? So, yeah, so uh, Ellie and Paige are competing for the same co-op, which is to work with Caitlin Ryan on her show. Yeah. What's her show called? Say Hey, It's Caitlin Ryan. (laughs) I have no fucking idea what it's called. (laughs) Sounds like a great show. Say Hey, It's Caitlin Ryan. (laughs) I had an answer ready to lock the (laughs) lid. 
Yeah. Shout out to Stacy Mystician. Oh, yeah. Stacy Mystician with that blonde hair, Mm -hmm. like that long blonde Mm -hmm. hair. So they're both going out for this. And because Ellie's mom is such a drunk, she doesn't have any nice clothes to wear. Paige comes in in a suit. She also says that uh, Paige's mom, Paige tells her that her mom said, You've got the clothes, you've got the brains, you're going to get it. Like, she was like, but moms always say stuff like that. And Ellie was like, my mom only says throw up sounds. <laughs> my mom, really... my mom has not spoken words outside of throw up sounds <laughs> since my dad went oh. to Kabul. The first, the first time that Ellie decides to cut herself is when you can hear her mom being violently <laughs> ill in the background. And I was like, wow, that actress either was like, I have a, a choice to make. <laughs> A character choice, and I'm going to go for it. Or the writers were like, let's just put some really disgusting throw-ups. I'll be honest with you, I don't even think it. I'm sure. I'm going to be totally honest with you. There's no way that's actually her making that throw-up sound. They just, like, used, like, the, someone who was, like, on I just set. want to believe. Like, the prop guy. I just want to believe that that woman was the one who decided that they needed that for the yeah. character. We need room tone so fucking Gloria can make vomit sounds. Um, so Ellie shows up. Ellie has like the worst day. So like she, she's got like drunk mom at home. She's got Paige being an asshole, like as Paige can be. (laughs) She's got. Paige is hilarious. She's such a fucking asshole. She is. And then she's like, but then she is the fucking like knight in shining armor. Oh yeah. She's such a weird character. She's so funny because she's so like the queen bee, you know, like she has to kind of be like the queen of, of everyone. But she does have a big heart ultimately. Oh yeah, totally. And she'll fuck with you. She'll fuck with you on the way there. Um, yeah. So she's got that. And then, yeah, Ellie's just having like a rotten day. So Paige is already making her feel bad about this co-op. And then there's a pop quiz that I guess she hadn't done the homework for. And then, like, Marco leaves her for Dylan when they're having a conversation. Yeah. And, and Paige then, is like, I know he's gay and all, but imagine, I couldn't imagine my boyfriend trying to sleep with my brother. <laughs> and then, and then after the Paige says that, she, like, spills grape juice. grape juice on Ellie on her white shirt with, like, Pinned. It had like pinned uh, sleeves. It looked very hot topic. I'm pretty sure I owned like many clothes like this when I. I liked all of Ellie's clothes in this uh, this episode, except for the raincoat. I had a, I had two netted shirts. One was white (laughs) and sparkly, and one was black and had blue flames on it. (laughs) And I would wear them over tank tops because I was too. shy to wear like a bra with like a netted shirt over it Got too it. too body conscious to do that but Got oh my god it. i also mm-hmm. had like a white pleather skirt mm-hmm. no it was vinyl that i wore with a white netted shirt i had some really great outfits from hot topic i wish you still had some of that stuff oh i think i do i think it's all in my parents house you should you that would be like a great costume like a for a costume party. Yeah, someone needs to have a costume party. But I already want to dress up like Manny in, in the thong episode for Halloween this year if anyone has a party. See, I think like Manny now is a, like Manny in those hats. Mm-hmm. God, those hats are so funny. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so she gets grape juice poured on her, mm-hmm. which is bad. 
So then she decides, so she has to go to the interview with Caitlin. So then she decides to wear this ridiculous raincoat over her outfit instead of like taking it off. And so Paige had had like a really great interview with Caitlin when Ellie goes in in this like oversized raincoat. And so um, then Ellie's sitting there and she's like a little nervous and she's kind of getting into it. And then she wipes her eye and all of her black eyeliner and mascara just like runs on her face. And it's just like, she feels like such a mess. I'm like, nothing's okay. It, like, you can just see it all build. She does look a mess. Like, she's in that yeah. giant raincoat. Yeah. And, and, and Broomheads, you've, you've seen the episode, so you know. It's not just like a raincoat. It is like It's a an old fisherman's. Yeah. <laughs> it's like old a man. fucking barrel. Mm-hmm. It's for someone who is like twice as much as she does. Right. It's huge. And, and Stacey Musician's I like. I also want to know where she got that. I have like. no fucking idea. <laughs> Stacy Musician's like, you can take off your coat. And then Ellie just like barrels through it by being like, I liked your piece on the tent, people. I bet that she borrowed it from Spinner because he has all those oversized clothes. <laughs> <laughs> or lot. maybe it's in the office, like those those bike shorts. Yeah. Or not maybe. the bike shorts, the gym shorts. That That's possible. Shorts. So, uh, so she does, she, you can tell she knows her shit though in the interview. Yeah. Even though she's nervous. Yeah, she's talking about tent city people that she, she also She knows all about Caitlin's, like, fucking um, reports. Mm-hmm. She, like, wants to get in on them. And you know she's she's done a pretty good job here. Mm-hmm. So then she goes home and cuts herself. I can't remember. <laughs> I think that that's when she does it for the first time because she's just so... Like, you can see it all build. And it's so sad to me to kind of watch, like... All of that just like layering on this poor kid. Like this is why I was like, oh, it goes there. Like because this poor child has to deal with all this bullshit, and like most of it is dumb stuff, like failing a test or like someone spilled something on your shirt when you right. have to go to an interview. But those things are like heightened when your dad is uh, <laughs> like in another country fighting a war um, that no one wants to like be in, and your mom swallowing is swallowing gin by the fucking. <laughs> fucking pintful. Yeah. Also, she does not look like their child, so I'm pretty sure she's adopted. Oh, is that interesting? Well, they're I actors. You can't tell to find actress to look like other people. Oh, I guess it's not true. Yeah. If I do. Yeah. So she cuts herself with a protractor. Yeah. Which is pretty, like, it doesn't even look like that sharp of one. Yeah. Like, because I feel like normally protractors have that really sharp, pointy tip. Yeah, this and this looks, like looks kind of blunted. Dull. I know. Um, which I feel like would be pretty hard to cut yourself with, and it would definitely be really hard to carve silver chair with. Sure. So then she goes to school, and the guidance counselor calls her and Paige out and informs Ellie that she, in fact, wins the co-op. Yeah. Stacy Mystician. I like how she took both Paige and Ellie to tell them. I, I was just like, wow, that was shady. Also, I did not recognize that woman as the counselor at first, and I was like, who is this random woman I know, who is me talking too. to them? And then Paige is a pretty, not like a good sport about it, but she's like, nee, nee, nee. I don't remember what she says. But Ellie's very happy. And then we enter into a montage of Ellie being very happy. Oh and my God. This like old school video editing loved where it. like the squares come in and then loved like it. the rectangles blow out. Oh my God. It was just. And everyone was killing it. And I don't think you can make things like that anymore. I mean, you could, but everyone would be like, this looks <laughs> it like takes shit. Too much work. <laughs> <laughs> it takes too, this too much work to look like shit. So then they do this great montage of her like killing it at this job, like fucking interviewing people and like getting all the stuff in on time, juxtaposed it with, uh, 
a montage of her mother being drunk in various uh, like fetal positions on a couch. And then it's like a close-up of Ellie staring at some scissor blades, and yeah. then she drops it as like someone comes in, and then her interviewing someone who works at a teen crisis hotline who he like drops cutting into all the things that right. they deal with, all the issues. So I got to talk about cutting. Yeah. Now... <clears throat> I don't, I, 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 I'm, uh, I'm ignorant. Mm -hmm. I know that it is a thing. Mm -hmm. I thought it was like a thing where it's like, I just need to feel something, man. I think it's a release more than it's that. And it's like something that when you feel, I mean, I can't speak for everyone who cuts because I think that there's probably different reasons that people do it. And it's definitely like more a teenager outlet way of dealing with things. Um, but I think that it's just like when you feel so rotten, like you feel like you deserve that a little bit, but also that it's actually like a release because you're feeling real pain when like, if, if all these horrible things are happening, you're not really feeling like actual pain. You're feeling like horrible. So to actually feel something painful, it's like makes it real. That's interesting. See, this is why I ask you these questions. Yeah. I took like three psychology classes. (laughs) But that has nothing to do with it. This is just me picking up from a life experience. This feels like... Not an expert, so don't, you know, take my word for that. Kids, if there's teens Well, you're more of an expert on that than I am on Loretta Lynn, evidently. So if if any fucking people listen to this podcast, like like more than six Don't listen to what Pat says. They would be like, you're killing me for like this shit. (laughs) I say it with such confidence. Yeah. Um, I don't. If you actually listen back to that, I say, I don't know. I probably don't know what I'm talking about. So I couch it. But anyway, um, this seems to be like prime time for like cutting beat. I'm not saying, I'm sure cutting has been around for Mm -hmm. a million years. But this seems to be like prime time for like being a thing. Like this is when it was a hot, Mm -hmm. not the right way to put it, but this is when it was like a thing, a thing like in the news and stuff. So this feels like they're tackling it right Mm -hmm, at the moment. mm -hmm. Cause I, I'm not saying I didn't know any kids that did that, but I don't know that I, I don't think I, I don't think, well, I think a lot of people really hide it. Um, and you don't really see it because people are very specific about like not, um, you know, like covering their arms and stuff when they've done that stuff. I mean, I know people as an adult who used to do that and they are still funny about like the scars that they have and stuff like that. Right, Interesting. Um, So it leaves scars, I guess, if you go deep enough. Yeah, yeah. Deep. Deep enough. I go deep into the, I'll cut deep right into my arm. Yeah. Like that girl cut silver chair into hers. I'll cut hashtag deep. I wish I could see that now. I wonder if she got like a skin graft placed over it. Probably looks good. She's probably really proud of it. So... Okay, so she goes from zero cuts to a hundred cuts in, in like two days. no time. So I'm just like, oh my god, you've seriously found like an outlet. Yeah, she loves, she loves cutting. Yeah. I don't mean to. I'm not making light of it. I understand it's an issue. I yeah. do. Are kids still doing it? You think? I guess. I'm sure they are. I just think that it's not as discussed. Probably like I don't think it's the like bullying, cyberbullying is the big thing and gender identity that's but don't what the you kids think that stuff's probably making people be cutters oh my god i'm sure well also like they might just kill themselves like i feel like there's a big leap in mm-hmm. like what's happening i mean i'm sure i'm sure it's still happening but maybe it's just not the center stage issue also we're not 
really around teenagers a lot, so I'm around them a lot. Yeah, if I'm we were, out, if we I were hang high out school, with a lot of teenagers. Or do you go? To, do you teach high school? No, I just hang out with them. Some oh. of my friends, <laughs> some of my buddies, <laughs> Sully and Murph. You, you have a teenage friend named Murph. Yeah, Sully Murph. Oh yeah. Flattery. For some reason, I imagined Fitzy. Murph. Murph spelled like Nerf with an. <laughs> that's not what it is. Short for Murphy. It's short for Murphy. <laughs> M E R F Y. <laughs> yeah, M E R F Y. You know the famous Irish spelling M E R F Y. Yeah, yeah. Um, Siobhan Murphy. Siobhan M E R F Y. I used to say Sibahan. I added an extra O in there. <laughs> oh, Gaelic. It's a fucked silly. up language. Silly. <laughs> it's silly the way those words it's are. Silly. The they were not meant to be written. It was just meant to be said. I know someone who has a, a daughter. I don't know him personally, but I know him on the internet. We're friendly. Uh, I hope he doesn't listen to this. I, it doesn't matter. I'm not making fun. He's an Irish person. So his daughter's name is spelled N I A M H. Oh, Neve. Neve. Oh, Neve. Sorry. Neve. Not, not Neve. Crazy. It's like, where the fuck did you get that from? Yeah. Anyway. Someone, one of my friend's kids is named T A D G H, which is Ty. Yeah, something like that. But I think there's like a little bit of a G. Well, Ruari. Yeah, yeah, true. Famous Ruari. 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 A lot of Ruaris. Yeah. Remember him? Oh, yeah, I do. It's a old friend of ours. So uh, Ellie is cutting her arms up and. She go. Why? How does she end up in the bathroom at school? What? What's like the problem there? I think. Oh, so she's 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 doing the co-op. There's a montage. We know the time has passed. We don't know how much time. We just assume that she's cut like a hundred times in a week. But mm-hmm. um, she's been late to school a lot because she's enjoying right. her co-op so much right. that she is not showing up on time, and so she has a really hard time getting a late slip from the. Admissions office. Front she desk, has a whatever. fun little exchange with the with the like school secretary. There. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty mm-hmm. fun. It was pretty good. And so then, because she's like so upset about what just happened, then she goes to the bathroom to have that release kind of feeling, and goes to cut herself. And as soon as she does, Paige walks into the bathroom. So she drops the protractor in the in the. Um, I'm sorry. We have the episode playing, and this scene is one of the scenes with Ellie's mom is on it. Ellie's yeah. mom is. Do you just have anything so, more to say about her mom? While she's just so yeah. funny. Like every all of her. I and, Honestly, and I know if, what you're thinking. A, you I know what you're thinking. She is not my MVP. <laughs> if you haven't watched this episode, or if you have but you haven't watched it recently, go back and watch it just for the mom. Oh my god, it's so good. It's like um, remember the SNL sketch where like Kristen Wiig. Play, I can't sing. I couldn't sing like that woman. Yeah. That's what she's probably like <laughs> at a party. She's like, she's just like so big and annoying all the time. Mm-hmm. And this is probably like her only role. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So she's, she's late for class. Yeah. So she drops the protractor in the sink um, and then is trying to hide it from Paige, but she starts dripping blood into the sink and Paige notices that. Um, and, uh, then runs out of the bathroom and says that nothing's wrong. She just cut her arm. She hit her arm. Hit her arm, yeah, which obviously would make it bleed like that. Um, runs out, and Paige kind of runs after her. And Paige is so 
caring. Yeah, I was trying to think of the right word, but I I wanted she gave for that. a shit. She really did. She yeah, was like, Wait she a was minute. just like, you can't do that because I think that like you know we forget that like Paige can still be such a bitch sometimes. Like, and I say that in a loving way. But, like, she also, like, went through the whole date rape thing. Mm -hmm. Like, she's not, like, you know, a not understanding character. Like, she does have feelings and she does actually care about people, even if she just needs to be on top. I think she's also one of those characters, too, who, like, only fucks with the ones she deeply does care about. Yeah, yeah. But then at one point, Ellie's, like, says something about, like, how, oh, so now you want to, like, talk to me? Yeah. I don't know what that was about. Mm -hmm. But... I don't know. I think she has a big heart and she really does. Like, she really is like, wait a minute. What are you doing? You can't be hurting yourself like that. What's going on? And she, like, had genuine concern. Yeah. So Ellie's like, I just hurt my arm. And she walks away and she leaves. Yeah. And so then Paige is, like, concerned about her. So she decides to go talk to the guidance counselor because now I realize that I recognized who she was. And it only, it took literally until that moment to be like, oh, it's the guidance counselor that's been right. doing the whole co-op thing. Um, and the guidance counselor walks out of the office and says, I'll be ready to talk to you about your friend in a minute <laughs> right as Ellie walks up. Like the timing is just yeah, so it's perfect. Very, very, uh, cons- uh, mm-hmm. like, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Convenient. Yes. So Ellie's like, oh, what are you talking about me? She was like, Paige was like, yeah, I am because I don't know. I don't. And she goes, I don't care if you're mad at me. Yeah. I want to help. You got to You got to get help. Was it even like about her? No. About Paige. It was all about helping Ellie. Yeah. That she was just like, she knew that that was going to be bad and get worse for Ellie. Mm-hmm. It wasn't going to make things better. Um, Can you die doing that? I guess if you. I mean, you get an infection probably. I don't know that you could really bleed out. Like, I guess if you cut wrong, like, you could actually, like, sever an artery or something like that. I could never do that. I can't even, like, pinch my own skin. Really? No, I can't. (laughs) It's like, what a baby. It's a little hyperbole. (laughs) But, like, I could never, I couldn't, I could not do that, I don't think. Yeah, it was, I I got a little bit, like, a little teary-eyed for Ellie. So did I. I was just like, oh. I do too. It's a rough go. Your dad's gone. Your mother's a fucking awful drunk. Yeah. Her mother it literally appears as though she just lays on a couch and just sucks down bottles of booze yeah. all day. Do they just live off military money? I don't, I don't know. Does it pay for all that sweet, sweet plastic bottle vodka? What are, is the Canadian army like? Do they? I don't them? know. I mean, I guess that they went to Afghanistan, like on a peacekeeping mission. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's not peacekeeping. <laughs> she doesn't even like want her daughter to not know she's drunk. No, she just doesn't care. She sucks. She's but I also kind of wonder, like, if her husband knows that she's doing this, why haven't they tried to get her help? Well, I okay. I'm under the impression that they did because. Right at the beginning, he's like, your mom's doing okay. She's 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 ready to handle this. Uh, like as if, so you'll be okay. So I'm getting the feeling that they did. Yeah. And then she, <laughs> she was just like, while the cat's away. Yeah. The fucking mice will play. Yeah, we'll drink a lot of vodka oh and God. just lay on the sofa and yawn a bunch. Her Not head, eat any food. She must have such a headache consistently. Oh, that's my God. That's how you say that word, consistently. Consistently. You say that. That's how you pronounce it. Also, word. like, do people use protractors anymore? Like. Well, 2003. Why well, wouldn't you use it? Yeah, I guess. You need it, right? I don't remember the last time I used one. 
No, of course not, Rachel, but you also haven't been in school in 30 years. Well, I mean, less than that. (laughs) (laughs) Just went to preschool and that's it. (laughs) I was already smart enough at that point. I bet you in school, in classes, Mm -hmm. they still have to use them. They make them use some practical effects. I think it's really interesting also that Ellie braids her hair every single day. Every morning. Yeah, like, I like the look. I'm just really curious about, like, that's your everyday. I, if I was in high school with these uh, children, I would have been, I would have been absolutely in love with Ellie. Really? Yep. 100%. 100%. No, it would not have been Manny, which I know is what you would have thought. No, no. But I would, would yeah, have been Ellie. yeah. No, I would have been a Craig. Mm-hmm. Hands yep. down. Yep, 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 yep. That would have been us. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would have been. But, n- pi- but now, as an adult. Pining, pining over pining. Ellie. Now, as an adult, I realize that most Craigs are dicks, though. So now well, I don't Ellie's, know what to do. Ellie's nice, so yeah. I'm still fine with yeah, my fine. choice. Yeah, yeah. With my choice of who my 16-year-old self would have been in love with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did have a lot of earrings and a lot of jewelry like Ellie did. Yeah. Did not braid my hair every day, though. Just a little pippy long stocking with, mm-hmm. the, with the hair like that. So she goes to the counselor. Mm-hmm. She doesn't say a word. No, and then she feels guilty, which made me feel even worse for Ellie about like wasting the counselor's time. And she's like, you didn't waste my time. You'll talk to me when you're ready to talk. Yeah, she said... And just showing up here is like... Yeah. She said, no, coming here and not cutting mm-hmm. is like the first step towards, you know, you're doing some good mm-hmm. stuff to your, to your, uh, to your person. Yeah. I hate the phrase cutting. <clears throat> it just sounds really weird. Right. But do you get like a high off of it or. I don't think you get a high off of it. I not think a that... high, but like a, like it turn on. No, it's not like a sex thing. No. <laughs> I don't think it's a sex thing at all, Pat. For some, there is someone out there that it is a sex thing. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure that there is, that is a thing for someone. You looked so upset when I said that. You were just like, oh, no. I can't do this show with you anymore. Um, so that was, uh, so yeah. So we're, we're onward and upward with Ellie Nash. I'm sure this will be, I'm sure this situation will be nipped in the, in the, the bud, bud by the never, next time we see her. We'll never see any scars on her arms. Like if she chooses to wear anything that's sleepless yeah, later. Yeah, sure she'll be fine. Yeah. I love how all of Paige's shirts always have like that little bit of belly exposed. Mm, <laughs> yeah, Paige, Paige, Michael, Chuck. Yeah. B story. I couldn't even get through without laughing. I like to throw curveballs at you. <laughs> I'm just glad I didn't have more like beer in my beer, mouth. Beer story. I almost bought some chips that were beer and cheese flavored. Somebody just to posted see what those on like. Instagram today. Yeah, I was just curious about what they tasted like. Beer story. Oh, oh we Linda Shiloh Stephen stoned on Ellie. Yeah, and it was also a weird timing. Like, it was, like, a second too soon or a yeah. second too late. Uh, again, they never seem to quite get the timing right. Um, this B story is, like, I, I, I mean, can we just end the episode? Do we have to talk about it? Oh, you don't want to talk about it? I thought it was very funny. <laughs> it was really stupid, but it brought, like, the lightness that I needed to the A story. I wonder, though, if you, like, timed out if the episode's 22 minutes, if this B story had three minutes of screen time. <laughs> Seriously, like, it does, nothing happened. So it starts off with Hazel and Terry walking down the hall. Terry is finally back and alive and well. I don't know where she's been. Terry's back. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Terry McGregor. 
Terry McGregor. I love Terry. Terry is she looks oh, great. She looks great. She's blonde. She's happy. I guess she's playing lacrosse. I don't really know. Um, but she seems great. So someone is somehow attaching roses to her locker. I was just wondering about this when we were rewatching the episode. What the hell is stuck to it to stick it to the locker? There is something on it. And like, so she has a secret admirer and he's just like, who could it be? And Terry's kind of hoping that it's Rick yeah, who we're walk, introduced Rick to. Rick walks by. Rick First walks by. appearance of Rick in the episode, Whisper to us, Rick. <laughs> Rick, who, if you've forgotten, Broomheads, will end up uh, shooting Jimmy Brooks. <laughs> yeah, not that much. Like, it's, it's only a season away, I'm pretty sure. I think he will punch Terry in the face, and then he will shoot Jimmy Brooks. Yeah, so get th- excited. I honestly do not remember Rick at all, so I don't think I saw a lot of these episodes other than the shooting one. Wow. I'm, maybe I did. I don't know. I a feel, fallible memory, so. I feel like this is primetime viewing for me. Yeah. Yeah. I remember a lot of these episodes. I remember the really early ones, like the ones that we've already seen, and then I know that Well, that could be, be because some... we watched them to do a podcast on them, and we recorded seven <laughs> episodes of it and then scrapped it because no, Donald no, Trump it... won the presidency and no one could do anything for a year. <laughs> <laughs> I think he has a magnet that he's attaching the the rose to the I mean, honestly, Rachel, with. who cares? I don't know. I'm just very intrigued by the whole thing because it seems like an elaborate, which then goes to show that like Rick is a sociopath. Yeah, I guess that's true. Christina loves the city though is looking good. She's like, and she's excited because like a cute boy likes her and you know, she had some shitty dating luck on this series so far. So cute. I mean, he's got like unfortunate glasses and like giant pants. And like the outfit needs to change, but it's not like Terry's wearing great clothes, let's be no, honest. So like I think point. that under there he could be very handsome. Maybe. Maybe. Uh we spoiled alerted. We should have spoiler alerted because we already told them that it was Rick. Yeah, well, I mean, if you don't know that, I'm sorry, but she thought it might be Toby. Because yeah. Toby was following around and so doing a Hannibal was... Lecter impression. Like he kept going, Clarice. I was like, mm. what the fuck is, what are you doing? I thought he was saying Grace at first. And then I realized he was saying Therese. No, Clarice. He was doing Hannibal Lecter. No, he said Therese. Because that's her I... full name is Therese. It took me till the second one to realize that's what he was saying. I are you positive? Yeah, we'll watch it after, but I'm pretty sure he was doing straight up Hannibal Lecter. It was very creepy. Um, and so it seemed like Toby was the guy, and they already had dropped hints about Terry's tarot abilities, blah, blah, blah. Um <sighs> This is like the only thing she has. So supposedly so Toby is like being really weird. So they automatically assume that Toby is the one who likes her and is leaving the roses and he's just showing up and is like, hello, Therese. I still think he was doing a Hannibal Lecter and calling her Clarice. We'll listen to it after. We'll listen to it after. Is her name Therese? Yeah, it is. You looked it up? mm -hmm. Did you really look it up? Oh, yeah, I really looked it up. Then you're probably right. (laughs) At one, by by the way, so one thing I forgot to mention in in the opening... So they, they, 
they're all saying goodbye to all these army men who are going to Kabul to fight this peacekeeping mission. Mm-hmm. And so at the very beginning, it's just like a bunch of like quick cuts and it's just like grumble, grumble, grumble. Like you don't really hear what's being said. Mm-hmm. And then the first line of dialogue you hear is somebody say, they should really get a divorce. <laughs> and then it like cuts away. <laughs> like just women, these people gossiping about another family. Wow, that's amazing. Sh- oh no, they should so get a divorce. So get a divorce. <laughs> Which I forgot to talk about. Um, wow. Either way, he's still doing a Hannibal Lecter impression, which is fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. And so it turns out, like, after Terry this is, is so convinced convoluted. that it must be Toby, uh, that uh, Toby has been, is convinced that Terry can't be a psychic, doesn't have ESP. Well, he was doing a report about yeah. it. He said, so it ends with, him doing like this creepy thing around her and her being like, all right, enough, Toby. I'm like, not going to go out with you. And he's like, I had to do a report on ESP and you didn't know that. So you must not really be psychic. And he like hands her the report. And then she's Ooh. like, well, I guess I'm not psychic. And I was like, this was kind of well, no, dumb. She actually. says that after when yeah. she, he, she doesn't know it's Rick. Yeah. But why, what class is this that he's doing this report for? I don't know. It's probably media really ridiculous. It seems like everything. <laughs> seems all like roads a media mer- back to media Well, you know, version. Snake is really checked out with the cancer thing, so maybe he's yeah. just like, "Here, write a report on something. I don't yeah. care what it is." Remember when they she did a tarot presentation yeah, for media immersion? So maybe that this was is, one of the best moments in the show's <laughs> this history. Is probably all the media immersion. Um, but it was so, I don't know. It was just really silly though. Like I felt like it brought the comic relief and it also, I will say. Toby was being too gave, creepy though. Toby was creepy, but it was funny. It gave Manny a moment to shine. And I will give you this. I thought that Manny's like three lines when Terry and Hazel come up to Manny and she's like standing outside and they're like, Manny, if you are going to like. If, like, if you think that someone might like you, what would you do? And she goes... Go out with them. <laughs> Is he single? Is he Go single? Go out with him. Go out with him. You <laughs> like, only live once. But, like, her acting in that is She's superb. Great. And I was just like, oh, like, she almost made my MVP, like, content... She made my MVP contenders list for the short moment that she that's was in there. Ma- that's when, like, that's how you want yeah. your man, you know? Yeah, funny, yeah. Funny, funny. Funny, but, like, But there's also very an exchange clear. there yeah. between her and Craig. Yeah, she sees and she looks at him, and He's he looks away. He's wearing a young T-shirt. Jesus oh, Christ, grumble, grumble. They should so get a divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. That's the B story. Yeah. Pretty and good. Done. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, it made... I feel like this was such a good one-part episode because that brought the lightness that I needed for the A story. Unbearable lightness of being. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of good outfits in this. I don't know what you're going to pick. So, Rachel, what is your most valuable outfit? It has to be Ellie's raincoat. Oh, wow. That's what, I didn't, I didn't, what did you think it was going to be? Because that wasn't like a good... I, I it's sometimes not a good forget what, what the parameters of <laughs> yeah. MVO are. Yeah. What, what, what did you think should have I been I would have MVO? assumed it would have been any one of uh, uh, Ellie's actually cool outfits. Yeah, but I feel like that's the norm. So I think there was something to the raincoat. Also, what Paige or, wears to the interview. I was gonna say yeah. Paige is like a like her pantsuit. Mm-hmm. She looked great. Craig's Neil Young shirt. No. This raincoat. <laughs> this raincoat was a thing to it's behold. Like, if you haven't seen it, it made me laugh so hard. And then I, but I felt so bad. 
Dylan taking his shirt off, that shirt could have been a thing. That was pretty sexy. Mm-hmm. Marco I mean, was boned up for that. For Marco is, I like... Marco's now... A flaming homosexual. <laughs> very, very gay. <laughs> he's got, like, a pierced ear, and he's his hair is just a weird length. Like, he's got some, he's got some things going on. He's great. I love Ashley's got some cool, like, outfits, too, during this, the seconds that she shows up, and I'm like, oh, those are things I would have worn. Ashley's clothes are the clothes I wear now. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley and Ellie were, like, the kind of person I was in high school, and still am now. Paige also has fake glasses that she wears to her interview. To that her look like smarter. something that Alicia Silverstone would wear. <laughs> in, a, in the hit movie, Excess Baggage. <laughs> right? That's what you were thinking? Yes. She would wear those glasses in the hit movie with Benicio Del Toro, Excess Baggage. Mm-hmm. Classic, classic <laughs> Alicia Silverstone. Probably, the, probably Alicia Silverstone's most famous role. Yeah. Oh, hands down. Excess Baggage. Yeah. Okay, how much, Rachel? Yes. On a scale of one to ten, one being the least an episode could go there, and ten, of course, being the highest most it could go there. What did you think that Whisper to a Scream uh, was uh, went there? Uh, what number? I was thoughtful Sorry. about this. I was I was like going to wait for you to go on for another half hour. About- <laughs> I started off so me, good, and then I lost the words. Yeah. Let me also be clear about this one other aspect of the sentence that I just said. Um, <laughs> I went. I thought about this a lot. And I wrote down one thing, and then I crossed it out, and I wrote down something else. So I went with a seven in the end. Mm-hmm. I felt like this I, – I originally was thinking a six, and I was like, I feel like that's a little low compared to some of the things that I've written before, like mm-hmm. the car stealing. So I Yeah, went you'll for never the, live that one down. So I went for a seven because I felt like there was a lot of uh, – it's a lot. It's a lot that Ellie's dealing with. It's a lot of adult issues that a teenager is dealing with. I think it's a seven too. That's okay. what I think. I think seven's like a pretty good number to go with when it's like it goes there. It goes there, but, but it's, it's not, not like, like a the, ding ding ding. Yeah. Like yeah. It's eight nine and ten, ten. Eight nines and tens are, are like rare. Big time. Yeah. This is but if this, this show, is kind of like she's cutting her arms up. Yeah. If this show hits like uh like even a five is okay, but like it has to hit a six and a seven a lot to really go there for me. Yeah, I agree. And also I think that I feel like we don't talk about cutting as much anymore. If this was like 10 years ago we were doing this podcast, we'd yeah. probably give it an 8 or a 9. Yeah. 15 years ago, you know? Yeah. But we also met Rick, who, if in case I hadn't mentioned, is going to shoot Jimmy Brooks <laughs> with a gun. I definitely had the earrings that Manny has that she's wearing uh, in her also great hat outfit and, and oh. tracksuit. This is the best Manny in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a... Oh, God, Toby... I'm agreeing with a seven. I'm mm-hmm. saying seven, but it could be an eight. Yeah. I, it's hard because it's like, I have to compare it to other things and right. that's where I'm, I'm reading it. But on a, how a much I enjoyed it, I enjoyed this episode like a 10. Oh, wow. I really thought it was a good all around Degrassi episode. It's pretty good. I don't know if I'd go full 10. That's the best episodes ever. This is like reserved for, well, this I mean, is, you like everything. This so. is a, yeah, but I don't, I don't like, I don't like many of these episodes at 10. Yeah. I would say this is the most, uh, this is the most Ellie episode we've had so far. Yeah, and I like Ellie a lot as a character, so. All right, well, that brings us to the MVP. That's a good segue. You like Ellie a lot as a character. Was she your MVP, Rachel? Who was your most valuable Degrassian? So I had a lot of contenders Mm -hmm. because I felt like there was a lot of good 
parts in this. I really, really liked Paige. Paige. I knew that was. I really, really, I loved Manny's little bit. I liked Toby even. Oh, like Toby's bit. I liked. I hated Toby. Ellie's mom. I like Ellie's mom was hilarious. Yeah, but I went for Ellie, of course, because I felt like it, it was a a real Ellie focused episode, and she did a great job in it. Ellie's in like ninety three percent of the seasons of the episode. I would say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. I also went with Ellie. Yeah. I picked Ellie Nash, Eleanor Nash, Eleanor Nash, Stacy Farber, Farbtown, one of our favorites, adopted daughter of Colonel <laughs> and Mrs. Nash. Colonel, <laughs> is he a colonel? It says it in the credits. That's the only way I know. <laughs> Call Nash. Call, no, that's his name, Call. C O L. His name is. Oh, it's Colin. It's, no, it's Colleen, interestingly <laughs> enough. In Canada, Colleen is a. It's the male a version of the name, name yeah. Uh, so that's the. Canon is weird, but yeah, yeah, Colleen is a man's name, and they call him. They call them Call. And the women, the woman's name is C A U L I N. Colin. Colin. Colleen. Colin. So yeah, Colin. Mm-hmm. Call in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Ellie's the only pick. She goes through a lot, and then she comes out on the other side, we assume. But she has, mm-hmm. like, a moment of clarity and does the whole thing. She gets grape juice poured on her, for God's sakes, this poor yeah, thing. Yeah, she has a shitty shirt. carpet in her bedroom that yeah. she's growing up in. She has got a She's lot got shit going, going on. on. I wonder if she's just, like, thought about cutting before and just never did it. Yeah, it seems, seems like to... a pretty quick jump into it. She has, like, virgin skin, so she clearly doesn't have, hasn't been doing this before. Practical effects are, mm-hmm. you know, like. Oh my Friday god, the, the show really goes there. Um, yeah. This week in sorry. <laughs> so this week in sorry, there were a lot of stories to. I be heard one. By. Oh my god, Rachel! I clearly wasn't listening hard enough if I only heard one. Total of seven stories in mm. this episode. Mm. Ellie Nash. Who was sorry the most? Ellie Nash. Okay. Ellie Nash was sorry three times. Uh, She was sorry um, that she got nervous in the interview. She told Caitlin she was sorry that she was so nervous. Mm -hmm. She was then sorry again for being late. Mm -hmm. When she was late to school, she was sorry for being late. Mm -hmm. And then she was sorry in her therapy session for not Mm -hmm. saying anything and wasting the therapist's time. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, we had Paige, who was sorry for spilling the grape juice on uh, Ellie. I don't mm-hmm. know if she was really sorry, but she said she was sorry. And then she said that the only reason that Ellie got the job over her was because Caitlin felt sorry for her. Mm-hmm. So that's not technically Paige being sorry. But she says it. It's her putting sorry on someone else. And then we had Caitlin, who was sorry twice. Um, once that, uh, she was only going to be able to have Ellie in the co-op once a week. Mm -hmm. And then second, when she showed her the office and it wasn't like a big enough office. So she was sorry for the office that she put her in. So we have a total of seven, wait, seven sorries this week. Wow. Might be the most. That's a lot of stories. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Which says a lot about the headspace that Ellie's in yeah, dealing she was with this. So sorry. She's feeling so much guilt for something that is not her fault. This is true. Now, there I may have I I'm not diligent about mm-hmm. counting the stories. Uh, so I may have missed one. I don't know, mm-hmm. one or two. But seven seems like a lot. Seven seems like a lot. You can stuff your stories in a sack. 
as the kids say. Yeah, Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. That was a Seinfeld joke. No, I don't remember. There's so many Seinfeld jokes because every episode had like a million of them. Do you remember this one? No. There was no. I'm gonna do one. You don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> you might not remember this one. There's one where like he has this neighbor Newman, and mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, I do remember. They Newman. don't like yeah. each other, yeah. so yeah. Jerry will open the door and you'll see Newman, and it'll be mad, and you'll go, "Hello, Newman." Do you remember that one? <laughs> And then Newman will go. You're a jerk. Then Newman will go. Hello, Jerry, because they don't like each other. Do you mm-hmm. remember those yes, ones? I do remember those. <laughs> I did watch that show at least that much. Hello, Newman. You remember? Yeah, the That's Marble Rye. You remember the Marble Rye? Sure, Obviously, of yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, that the woman. Babka, the chocolate babka. All the breads. Is that the same episode? No, it's a different episode. That woman. The Marble Rye episode, that woman shows up to the mm-hmm. party. Oh, and so you know that, that this is actually mm-hmm. not, I'm not doing a bit. So she shows up at the party, and that's when she recognizes Jerry at the party. Mm-hmm. She, this is actually one, I'm not doing a bit okay, at okay, all. This okay, is one of the okay, funniest okay. moments on the show. She walks into the party, and somebody says to her, can I take your coat? And she goes, no, no, I prefer to wear it. Nobody's taking my coat. <laughs> It's so funny. That, that is so show. funny that she goes into a party and she says, "No, nobody's taking my coat." <laughs> oh heavens! That show was great. That was a funny show, Seinfeld. Maybe you've heard of it. Had some great jokes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there's an episode where there's a party, and there's like a very fancy coat that gets thrown out the window, yes. and then Kramer finds it, the yes. fur coat, and yes. he starts wearing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also the d- amazing Technicolor dream coat. There's yes. a lot of coat-based humor. There's a lot of, a lot of coat-based humor. And a lot of New York things. Oh, God. So New York. Remember when they're moving the cars for alternate side when Kramer has the business of just moving of the cars? Of course I do. Yeah, I <sighs> sure do. So, yeah. On that note, I think yeah. we've wrapped up this episode, so I'm just going to cut this <laughs> we're <laughs> right also, now. We're, we're also doing the part of our episode that's, a, that's the Seinfeld podcast at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we always got to talk about something that's not related to the episode just to uh, draw close it out, out a little longer. Yeah, close it out. Mm-hmm. At least the Seinfeld stuff I was pretty accurate with, I think. Yeah, I think. I think. We'll not, see. Not like my Loretta Lynn information. Yeah. I like how the school secretary has, like, all these plants. <clears throat> yeah, she's great. I Planty lady. They have a great rapport, these yes, two. Yes, yes. All right. What do you, oh, we're going to do two episodes next week. Oh, is it another two-parter? No, we're, aren't we doing... Oh, yeah, we are recording two episodes next week, yeah. I hope yeah. one of them is not a two-parter. <laughs> I will cry if one is a two-parter. Because we're going to have to... Because Rachel's going to go away. So yeah, I'm taking a, a trip soon. i got to be honest. If there's a two-parter, we might only be doing a two-parter. Yeah. So anyway. So we, we will have a, at least a week's break coming up. Not next week, but the... And not the week after, but the week after that. Life is a cabaret, old chum. You big cabaret fan? We've talked about this already. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, guys. Also, did you notice that poster in the background that says AIDS can happen? Yeah. Yeah, because we've, uh, as we've been recording this episode, we've screened the episode four <laughs> times. So I have noticed it, yes. Because <laughs> you're chasing a ghost of a good thing, haunting yourself. As a real thing. Let me say goodbye. Bye.